That was the illustrious Roddy with the question. He is an artist based out of North Carolina. You can follow him on Instagram at the real Rod D and listen to some of his new music. Hello friends. Welcome back to A Journey with an Urban Priestess, a short story poetry podcast created by me, Orchid Chamblay. In this episode, I will be telling a story about a racist incident I experienced in Phoenix, Arizona. I originally wanted to tell a story I wrote about an online dating experience. However, after much contemplation and the recommendation of a friend, I decided to address this issue instead. So you will have to wait till the next episode for the horrors of dating. In my experience, every African-American living under the oppressive regime that is America has in some way experienced some form of racism. Whether they were aware of it or not, it is built into the foundation of this country. Sometimes it is blatant, like being antagonized by the police, and sometimes it is covert, like an ongoing joke about the darkness of your skin reiterated by teachers and peers. Was that oddly specific? Yes, yes it was. I normally wouldn't share the story because I don't like to give ignorance, ignorance power. However, someone pointed out how empowering it can be for someone else when you share your truth. This podcast is a glimpse into my journey as a black woman navigating through the concrete jungle Unfortunately, that includes navigating the murky waters of racism. It is a very hot summer day in Phoenix, Arizona, like most days. I am on the bus trying to navigate my way to this house that has a room for rent. All I could tell is that the house was in a nice neighborhood near Arizona State University, the school I attended. Searching for housing had been a long, arduous journey made even more difficult by not having a car. Hours upon hours exploring all the different neighborhoods of the sixth largest city in the United States. Because I was a student and artist, my budget was low. Everywhere I had been was not appealing in the slightest. This included some hoarder type shack inhabited by cockroaches and death metal heads who may have participated in some insidious activity or at least that's what they boasted. Also, that room was a small closet and they often threw heavy metal shows all night, not very conducive to a learning environment. I was praying this next spot would be it. Living in a tent in a slumlord's backyard was wearing on me. I felt the impending pressure of being kicked out off the property at any moment. The anxiety lingered in the back of my mind and I needed to find a place fast. I finally reached the neighborhood. It was beautiful, very nice houses, a mix of families and college students. 
probably students who got a lot of help from their families. The writ definitely was on the higher end of what I could afford, but I figured the universe would work it out if it was meant to be. I had gotten this far by the skin of my teeth, but something kept working out for me in Phoenix, as if I was supposed to be there. I had struggled with housing from day one. The amount it takes to move in somewhere can be astronomical, especially if you're a student working for minimum wage. Even if you are not a student, we all know most entry-level jobs don't pay a living wage. How they expect you to survive, I do not know. Maybe they don't. Maybe that's the joke. I'm walking along the neighborhood, listening to the rubber band man by the spinners, pretending to be in a jovial scene in a movie. The soundtrack to a good day. Smiling wide, anticipating irreverent things. The GPS says I've arrived. The house I arrived to looked empty and had no cars in the driveway. I thought that is strange, considering I was supposed to meet the homeowner here. Her daughter would be my roommate. I ring the doorbell a few times and I go to the gate that led to the backyard. I banged on the gate just in case someone was in the backyard. As I stood there, perplexed, a young white woman, maybe in her 30s, pulls up in a car. Oh, this must be her, I thought. The woman gets out of her car, visibly disrupted. She's very jittery and seems to be scared of me. Well, that's preposterous, I think. I'm a tiny young woman with nothing threatening about me at all, right? Wrong. What are you doing at my house? She said, very accusatory. I gently explained I was looking for a certain house number to see a room and GPS said I had arrived. She was very flustered, even after I explained the situation. This bitch is crazy, I thought, and let me continue on my way because this is not where I'm supposed to be. I asked her if she knew of the house number I was looking for. She was flabbergasted, as if she had no idea what I was talking about, as if she thought I was lying. Still, I could not see what her problem was, because people who truly don't think about race sometimes don't even think of it in relation to themselves. It had yet to cross my mind this woman was merely afraid of me because I was black. I was in her suburban white picket fence neighborhood and I did not belong. Never mind that we were in the Midwest and her people actually are the ones that don't belong. Never mind that I'm the one at the disadvantage of lawful protection and should be afraid. Never mind that on this very land, hundreds of natives were slain and their land taken. But you are right, pompous, privileged woman, you should be afraid of me. After I realized she would be of no help, I continued down the street. Lo and behold, the numbers jump up and the house I was looking for was only a few doors down. I thought to myself, I know she isn't that ignorant. I know she knew the house I was looking for. But as a black woman, I deal with this type of behavior all the time, so much so that it doesn't even faze me. This edge, this animosity seeping from the pores of the dominant race. When I am merely just trying to live my life in peace, trying to survive against all the things that if I dwelled on it, I would surely perish. I shake off the incident and knock on the door. 
It is very hot, and I had been walking, so I sit down on the porch and wait. As the landlord, a woman of Asian descent, opens the door, I stand. Simultaneously, a truck full of about four white men and the white woman I just encountered pull up. The landlord is confused, as well as I. I might say I am a bit nervous at this time, but I felt safer knowing the landlord was there. The men don't say hello. They immediately start questioning the landlord. Do you know this girl? First of all, I don't appreciate being referenced to so condescendingly. I am 27 years old at the time. Secondly, I am right here. You can address me like you have some decency. The landlord is very annoyed at the brashness of their questioning. She explains that I was there to see the room she was renting and if they would please go about their business. At this point, I am thinking about what their intentions were. What if that landlady hadn't been there to defend me? Would these men have put me in this truck or driven me out of the neighborhood? To disappear like so many unsuspecting black women do every year without a trace, without a thought. The fact that they were so bold to come track me down as if they had some kind of authority did not sit right with me. Although the landlady apologized profusely and was clearly embarrassed, I knew I would not be living in that neighborhood. I hate to concede and give them what they want, but I am a single young woman and I have to think of my safety. But the Leo fire in me was raging. I wanted to give all those men a piece of my mind. How dare you try to intimidate me on my ancestors' land? Once I finished seeing the house and was walking to the bus stop, I immediately called my mother. One, for protection, and two, because as I walked past them congregating outside, I made sure I yelled, Mom, let me tell you about these racist assholes in Arizona. And I glared them down. This incident is just a small example of how racism is exemplified in everyday life for people of color. How we are systematically and socially threatened from attaining housing. In Arizona, I saw it from other nationalities directed at black people as well. It seems as black people, we are discriminated against by a multitude of people, not just whites. Constantly battling for the right to exist in a land we were drugged to. A land built off the blood and tears of our ancestors. People will per still perpetuate this ideology that we don't belong. Whether or not we decide to stay and deal with these horrors, that is another story. But for now, we are here, we are a force, and we will not be silenced. Oh, and pay us our reparations. Thank you all for listening to A Journey with an Urban Priestess. I plan to put out a few more episodes um, dealing with some different topics. So stay tuned. I know this is a hard time or strange time for most of us. And... I think it's important that we share our gifts with each other, reach out to each other, 
and keep our minds afloat while utilizing the time, whatever that looks like to you. Namaste.